Uh, you did, dude. <laughs> dude, when I graduated from college, uh, I got I put my degree on Facebook and it got 32 likes, which at the time had been the most because I, I was a real asshole back mm-hmm. when I was I was just a shitty person. Even in September, yeah. No, motherfucker, I was not a <laughs> shitty person in September. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was a shitty person in September, bro. I just let that one sink in. I was like, oh shit. You might be right. No, no. I was like, this is like the worst fucking guy. And so I got 32 likes. And then a girl posted a picture of her ass mm-hmm. on a counter. Like, and this was the prime of ass counter days. It kind of dwindled off. Mm-hmm. But this is probably 14, 15 back when that. Like, that's what counters were for. People sure. were coming in. They were hiring contractors to rebuild counters so that the asses can fit on them. Interesting. That was back when asses on counters were a thing. Yeah. You're bringing it back a little bit, though. Now I kind of want to go look those uh, archives up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the contractors are pissed. Their stock went down. Damn. 142 likes on that picture that girl got. Directly below my college degree. Really? Yeah. Do they have like a self-improvement quote, though? Like, never stop believing? Uh, (laughs) No. Because maybe that was it. No, I think I said something really... I was really unaware of my own self, so I said, I think it's like, I was like, oh, I did it. Yeah. People are like, who fucking... Once you hold a degree over a sink and like, you know what I mean? Do Pop the, it on the counter? Yeah. Do the thing yourself, but hold a degree. Like, look at me. I'm great. Yeah. Ah, that would be great. That's Maybe, so much. Man. That's a way better idea. Yeah. Welcome, my name is Dan O, this is Comedian Ordinaire, the world's most okay podcast. Um, I'm going to keep this intro incredibly short, uh, you know, I just, I don't know, there's uh, there's not much to say, Kevin is just uh, such a wonderful person, so fucking smart, um, incredibly determined, and you hear him say some things in this about, uh, you know, wait till you, wait till this time, like I think he said two years or something, and uh you know, something like that. Anyways, I would like all of us to hold Kevin accountable. Um, I know when I call my shot, like in basketball, I'm like, look at this shit I'm about to go in. Uh, I, I know I'm going to make it if I'm held accountable. And I think if we all hold Kevin accountable, that will be better for the Denver community and better for Kevin himself, um, who I cannot thank enough for coming on again. Kevin was the very first comedian that really gave this podcast a chance. And he was like, hey, you know, I kind of see what you're doing. I want to see if I want to be a part of it. And uh, I don't know. The first episode, which was episode 19, sounds very different from this one. Um, unfortunately, there is no stand-up uh, integrated into this one. The interview itself is just so long. And I don't know. It's full of a lot of value, I think. You know, I'm asking him really specific questions about comedy and what's coming up next. And um, yeah, anyways, we just I didn't put uh, I didn't put any stand-up in that. So I'm sorry for that, but... Again, Kevin is—he's hard at work, man. He—he's doing his thing, and he was so gracious enough to sit down with me. And I mean, goddamn, when you talk about what a gracious host, Kevin. I got over to his home, and he had like pizza rolls. He had glasses full of ice, and he refilled my water a bunch of times. He had fucking peanuts. He had beer there. Like, I don't know. I don't even drink, but just the notion of it—I don't know. It was—it uh, was incredibly kind, and Kevin's just—he's uh, a wonderful person. And if you are lucky enough to sit down with him or get to know him at all, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
And I, first of all, would like to apologize to Austin Langley. Look, I mean no harm. I thought it was just kind of a funny callback in this. So Austin Langley, if you're listening to this, um, we're all just joking around. You know, that's what comedians do. We joke around, not talking shit. I've never met you. Actually, I met you right after all of this. And uh, I don't know. It sounds like I really talked a lot of shit. No, I just, I was joking around. I said some things. And uh, you know what? If you hate me, you hate me. That's okay. I get it. You know, sometimes jokes don't land, but no arm, no foul is what I always say, especially if you don't have an arm. Um, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna kind of finish talking. I don't have too much else to say, so please just enjoy this entire interview. Thank you to Kevin again, and uh, without further ado. What color are you? You're white, right? I like to think so, man. <laughs> you like to think so. <laughs> yeah, sometimes my bank account doesn't reflect it, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. But you still have the <laughs> privilege, no? Isn't that something? Dude, I feel like I'm, for sure, the privilege, like, with the cops and, like, people opening doors for me and shit like that. Yeah, dude. Like, the little shit for sure, but then I don't get accepted into, like, the major white squad because I don't vibe with that shit that much. Mm. Like, you'll never catch me with no Patagonia. No. North Face shit, never. No. I can't. I can't do that because, first of all, I respect myself. Mm. And so I'm going to be true to myself, and I don't vibe with any of this shit. Like, when people play Cornhole. Yeah. Ain't for me, bro. You never see me toss a fucking. How is that not your thing? You look like the biggest cornholer. Well, I'm not wearing Birkenstocks right now or a polo, Mm. and I'm not wearing shades inside, so I'm not sure where you picked that up from. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, or maybe it is that I watched a different league of cornhole people. Don't they have a cornhole where you work? It's it's, yeah, they do. But it's Mm -hmm. even the fact that you brought cornhole up because I'm never thinking about cornhole. The fact that you even said it, I'm like, oh, this guy loves it. Well, we were just talking about white people, right? Yeah. (laughs) So white white people and shit that they do Mm -hmm. that I don't vibe with. Um, Talking about business a lot. Ah. Talking about like stocks. Like somebody approached me at a party a couple weeks ago and they said something like, uh, like oh, like uh, have you thought about investing with Robinhood? And, uh, dude, I was, like, mid-joint, dude. And I, like, got a little upset. I was like, don't fuck my high up right now with your fucking questions about the future. Right. Like, my shit is not good right now. And you should be able to tell because I'm out here smoking a drum while everybody else is in there playing parcheesi and drinking mimosas. Where so how about you fucking bring it down a couple notches before I get upset? You said that to him. Yeah. 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 And he was white. But have you thought about using Robin Hood since? You see? You see what I'm saying with you? You see where it fucks it? Like, dude, like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about taxes. Like, don't talk to me about trade tariffs. Like, that, sure. that shit has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like, they, like, white people love talking about shit that has nothing to do with them. They like talking about other people's business. Right. And they like talking about, like, global politics. Because it's it. like, they love to get in other people's shit because they're so uninteresting. It's a power complex. White people want control of it, I think. You might be right. Yeah, I think that, that's, that's actually a is. really good point, dude. Um, that's a fucking good point jesus christ <laughs> i'm not trying to blow your mind early. no no you did that's nice man that's good all right today's guest is kevin moan you may know him from various dating profiles that won't stop messaging you he also oh, yeah. does stand-up comedy uh Sorry, baby all around colorado and most importantly was the very first comedian guest on this podcast kevin welcome back what's up dude thanks for having me back on dog yeah dude thanks for all these pizza rolls the water very gracious host bro giving up giving you the setup was gonna set the tone man yeah i've you know i think i've actually taken a new mentality with that because before i would do things like this when women would come over to my house mm. and i would give them, but i was like dude why am i not doing this for my friends too like it would be seem nice right yeah like yeah. Why, why why would i go out of my way to be nice to somebody i'm just now getting to know but then my homies who've been with me like, I can't mm. do the same thing for them. That's weird. Well, because it's fun to be a dick to your friends sometimes. Yeah, but being a dick is like, it, it kind of 
it goes past the cool threshold when people are thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, man, how have you been since September? Bro, I've been uh, I've been wonderful, man. Made a lot of big life changes over the course of the last few months, man. Yeah, like what? Dude, I've I took a step back from everything and really tried to get one on one with myself in a real deep when I'm trying to put the words together to describe it to where it doesn't sound cliche. Sure. And I know that there's words out there for it, um, but just being able to do a real honest assessment of who you are. Uh, and I thought that a lot of the things that I was doing in comedy in my life were what I thought other people wanted to see. Mm. And so I was being a whole different thing. And then when I had this epiphany over the course of a few months, I've been so much more my regular self and my stage presence is just a different thing now. Like, I'm going up and I'm calling people, bro. Like, I'm I'm making the audience my friends mm-hmm. versus before I looked at them subconsciously as an enemy because they were associated with so many times I did bad. Sure. That I looked at them like they were an enemy, but now they're my friends. And I think right. that switching that vibe within my own reality has really helped me be a little bit better and be a, bit, a little bit more loose in general. How did you realize that? Man. To change that? I think that I would, I would spend a lot of nights alone. Yeah, I spent so many nights alone just mm-hmm. thinking. I was like, "Why is this right now my reality? Mm-hmm. Why?" And I was like, "Maybe it's because I'm putting off something that's unspoken, and that there was just this negative seed from all my past experiences that was sitting in the back of my brain that I had to do a lot of thinking to uncover. Mm. And once I found that motherfucker and I threw it out, mm. life is different. Damn, life is a lot different, dude. Still got some more progress to make, though, right? Every every day, man. Every day, every minute. Um. Did somebody really use your photos for a fake dating profile? Yeah. How did that? How did you figure that out? Because the girl I was talking to at the time told me. Really? Yeah. Did you blame it? Like you're like, nah, no, it's not me. It was just a fake, and then it was you. No. Or it was man. actually. No, like, cause we had matched on the on the platform. Uh huh. And then she was still going through the platform, and then she saw another me, so you could see, <laughs> dude. Yo, I was um, I was just so like happy to hear that yeah yeah that's a huge compliment right yeah i was like so you think that i'm getting and i think that there's something during these two months has changed as well i probably had so i had a girlfriend that i think i was seeing when i was with you and then she broke up with me on a text from around the world she was in norway and she broke up with me from a text and expensive text dude she her car was at my house so i didn't drive it back to her house because she was storing it here because she lived in cap hill and there was no parking uh, yeah, it was brutal, man. But after that, I was like super lonely. I, I wasn't even her. Like I wasn't really into that much. Damn. So it wasn't really that serious. But uh, yeah. but I wasn't really like in like chicks didn't really like me that much. Uh-huh. And then when I made this big change. Yeah. The the women in my life right now, they know. Oh, shit. The women in my life right now, they're like tires on the car. Oh, okay. Because they're in rotation. Oh wow! You understand, oh, bro? Wow. It's insane to me, dude. <laughs> but it's for real, dude. It's it's like imagine like like my whole life I've been like this ugly guy that women don't really like that much. Right. And then I didn't really change my appearance. No. But I changed something that I was putting out vibe wise, mm. and now chicks love it, dude. And I used to think that it was unachievable because I thought yeah. only good looking people were like fortunate enough to have both. Yeah, that's right. No, it's totally how how you are. Yeah. That changes everything. Dude, and I never thought I was so against it. I was like, no, I'm just fucking. Uh, I got a, a bad. Yeah. What? The cards? God damn it. I fumbled that one. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm talking about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, a you bad, got dealt a bad hand. Yes, thank you. Jesus Christ. That's it. I was dealt a bad hand. I was I was dealt off, like, off face twos and shit. Like, it was. Mm. 
Yeah, it, it was something, man. So when I got into this new thing, it's it's unbelievable, dude. Do you think you're nicer now? Is that is that part of it? Like yeah. you're a nicer person? Yeah. Because I've been nice my whole life, and women have been after me since I can remember. Okay, so what are we doing? Is this the fairy tale hour, or is this still comedian ordinaire? This is comedian ordinaire. Interesting, dude. I yeah. thought you would change the tiles because what you're saying right now is fiction. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, I've never been more serious about anything. In my For life. real, dude. Yeah, man. bro, that's a blessing, dude. So when I'm saying this, you can't even relate to it. No, no. I mean, I hear other people talk about it, and it sounds awful. But no, as far as I've ever known, like every woman that I've ever met likes me. I had a friend of mine one time who who uh, he was kind of like he was your look and your complexion, and mm-hmm. he, he's like a skater, and he described himself as a um, an acceptable minority. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost what I named this podcast. That's wild. Acceptable minority? <laughs> For real? No. Oh. <laughs> Damn, that would have been wild. Uh, no, I don't know. I describe myself as like a funnier Bruno Mars. Um, he has a lot of, like, his whole look is different than yours, though. Yeah, dude. Pre-goatee and glasses, I was Bruno. Really? A thousand percent. No, I'd hear it five times a day. So you, that was are, my shit. Are you trying to, like getting a Tony Hawk pro skater or something? Is that why yeah, you changed it up? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, I think grow what you have, first of all, and this is all I have. <laughs> you had to, like, squint when you looked at it. I, I, I understand. Sun, the sun's in my eyes, man. Grow what you have. <laughs> I'm a shower. Um, did you ever sell that chair, by the way? Yo, two days after. Two days after. Two the days thing after. Worked. Dude, so I made that video... Out of authenticity of my feeling at the time, mm-hmm. with no intention of that leading to the chair being gone. <laughs> and it's so cool you say that because I talked to a guy yesterday. I haven't talked to him in a long time. We were in the army together, and he referenced that video as well. Nice. And I think that that's it's cool that you know when you don't get the likes and the comments that you want sure. or that you expect. Uh, that you actually know that people like it because they'll say something to you in person. That's right. And it's like, okay, cool. So it, it's almost motivating to hear it in person rather than yeah. on social media so I can continue to do that stuff because I, I have fun with it. Are you trying to sell more shit? Is that it? Or just posting shit? Yeah, I got a table up there. I'm about to do a big rant about. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that one, man. Are you dab- dabbling in uh, any other creative projects lately? No, not at all, man. If anything, I took a I took a step back, man. I took a step back from even stand up. I took mm-hmm. a, um, yeah. So like I did this show Tuesday night at a place called the Art Bar, mm. which is attached to Temple. It's like a Temple owned thing as well. So it's just part of it. And I did. I thought I did pretty well. Um, I had some really good crowd work that I did that um, went just famously. But nice. afterwards on the, on the ride back, I was like, I don't care about this anymore. Like I don't care about comedy at all. Whoa. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Damn. Like and so, but I called my. I have this mentor right now that I have every bit of respect for, and I'm saying without even being like cunning or whatever, he's the best comic in Denver, right? By far. Like, there's some great talent, but Ryan Evans, mm-hmm. who I respect more than anybody in this entire freaking city, mm-hmm. he's the best. He runs the best shows. He's the best comic in this city, in my opinion. Damn. And I've been fortunate enough that he's been gracious enough with his time to walk me through some things. So I, I talked to him on the phone the following morning. Huge. Um, and, I, and he's just walking me through those thoughts. And I think that sometimes, you know, your brain will give you signals that you misinterpret. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't think that I didn't give a fuck about comedy, but that that performance or performances that have been recent, I just don't have the same feeling for it. So there's something else that I'm missing. Mm. And I need to be more personal about the way that I present my material so I can search for the other part of it because it's not really dangerous for me right now. 
ah. because I've kind of reached the point where I don't get nervous and I don't care anymore about if like if I eat shit I just don't I just don't care. Yeah, if you do well, do you care though? No, no, because it's not what I think. I conclude after really thinking about it is that it's not dangerous enough. Okay. There's not there's not a, a the, my favorite show I've done recently was at the Phoebe uh, Robinson Dance Hall. It's like a big theater. Okay. And it was for, uh, excuse me, I'm fucking burping. Um, it was for the Colorado People's Choice Awards. Yeah. And it was me and Ryan Evans and like some fucking dipshit that I've never seen in my life that I've never seen since. I wish I could find that kid's name. He ate, he ate the most monstrous shit and he presented himself like he was the best thing to ever touch comedy. Damn. Yeah, I really want to rub it in his face, dude. But so I did that. I did that show and it was like a theater full of like 500 people and I was yeah. wearing a suit. And that was a fun show because I felt like I would be devastated if I fucked up. You just want higher stakes, I think. Yeah, I think so, man. So at first my brain said I don't care about comedy because I related it. But it's, right. no, it's more I need to go out there and, and take some more risks. Mm. I think is really what it boils down to. So the things that I have cooking up this year are going to blow away everybody's mind because I've been so feeling, quiet. That's though, man, because now you're not you know doing the same shit anymore. Kind of like what you were talking about. We see some people sort of plateau and stay. Yeah, where they're at, but I think that you have a want to, you know, fuck up. You kind of wanted like have that experience again. Yeah, well, and I'm not running the show anymore. Yeah. So I used to get that feeling on the show where if I fucked up, it would ruin my week. I wanted to get another ruined week. I think that that's what helps me a lot mm. along the way to try to push to higher goals. Mm -hmm. And so the things that I have coming up this year, I'm a quiet comic. A lot of people don't either know me. They don't see me because I don't really get out as much as I'm out there six nights a week or whatever. Right. The things that I have coming up by the end of this year my goals that i have to accomplish are going to blow everybody's mind and people are going to be wondering where i came from not just in my own performances not not in that way i think i'm going to progress normally in that department sure but the things that i have planned in terms of in the comedy industry in denver people are going to be sh surprised and shocked yeah and my name is going to be worth some kind of stock and to say not that i really care about that honestly but people are going to be surprised when they they see the kind of shit that I'm booking in the really? places I'm, yeah, I'm getting. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the best showrunner in Denver in two years. Damn. And I'm, and I'm comparing that to every showcase in this entire city. Nobody's gonna be able to run a show like me. Just nobody. No shit. It's gonna be crazy, man. It's, it's gonna be unbelievable. I've made some good relationships with some good comics that I really love that I'll put on these shows. Yeah. But when, when people see me, the, the only thing I think they're gonna want to talk to me about is getting on the shows because that's how good my shows are gonna be. Really? Yeah. How are you gonna make them that good? Because I have a tactic and I have a strategy. Uh, I have a strategy that benefits everybody, uh, not only the comics, not only the the audience members, but something else. I want a third party to benefit. I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm gonna look into a lot of charity work, and uh, there's this place called like I think it's like an urban underground or some shit on Broadway. When I worked for Comedy Works, mm -hmm. I would take the food that was left over and I'd bring it to these homeless kids over on the other side of Iowa and Broadway, mm. and they lived behind the shelter that they lived at. Sure. So I'm gonna talk to these motherfuckers. I'm gonna try to break them off a couple grips, hey. a couple thousand. Every show that I do for this particular time period is going to be a, a theater. It's going to be sold out. I mean, it's going to be sold out before, I mean, it even comes to show day. There's going to be nothing available at the door. I have an unbeatable strategy, and I know that with the talent that's in Denver, yeah, it's going to be a knockout of the park. Whoa. Damn, yeah. that's huge, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for it, man, really. All that in the past couple of months. Yeah, it's, it's great. Damn, at least you're not staying still, dude. That's fucking insane. But like I, I won't go out for an entire week and I won't think about comedy and then I do feel like I'm sitting still. Uh, it's like you know what I mean. It's yeah. it, it, it is that it's it's that like big things don't happen enough. I think it's just a lack of patience on both of our parts. Yeah, that's I, huge. Yeah, because we just want the shit now. Dude, you've gotten so much. I need to take a pause from what I'm talking oh, about because I'm too, I'm tooting my own horn. But dude, 
you've gotten so much funnier through some of these episodes Thanks, have been man. fucking brutal to listen to. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I've hated them. Yeah. And I, and I really want to ring your neck for some of them because there's so many, like, mistakes that you make that I, for some reason, think I wouldn't, but I definitely wouldn't. Sure. But you're so much better and more refined now. Nice. And it's fucking really impressive, the progress over such a short period of time. I'm really impressed by that. Thanks, man. man. Yeah. What is it that's made you funnier, you think? Uh, I mean, I guess vulnerability probably has made me funnier. You know, like you're saying, I have messed up a lot, but I'm not taking those episodes down. I go back and listen to them. I'm like, this is awful. Mm. Like, I want to hang myself in my own bathroom. This is terrible. Mm. But I keep, I think keeping them out there and being honest about the progress, that's that's huge. That's all we can do. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open this Red's Black Cherry Ale. Um, <laughs> you paid by them? Red's, yeah. So Red's Black Cherry Ale. Mm. Um do you want to drink alcohol, but you hate the taste of anything that tastes like alcohol? Mm-hmm. Drink Red's Black Cherry Ale. Mm. Now being sold at all the liquor stores near college campuses. Mm. Here I am, dude. I'm gonna be in advertisements, man. My, <laughs> my mentor Ryan Evans, man. He's an uh, he's an actor too, so he he does two things. He works with like the craziest people, man. He uh, for Kevin Hart's last special, he, he went to Vegas and he was able to rub some shoulders from, from some of the people he knew because he came from L.A. Wow. I don't think he's going to be in Denver that much longer, honestly. I think that he's going to have to be back in L.A. again soon. Damn. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's the best. I don't know where I was going with that. So, so what, you just are thinking about Ryan Evans. Yeah, I get you. I just have so much fucking respect for the guy, dude. I hear you. Really. And it's it's just like a it feels great because he's giving me what I want and – he's not expecting a whole lot in return. Mm. And it's just that when somebody does that for you, you, you tend to be a little bit more humble about the way that you speak about them. Mm-hmm. Because if you're on like an equal playing field with some, you know, sometimes if, unless they're like your good friend, you're just like, Oh yeah, that guy, I don't know. And if somebody says, yeah, if that guy's a fucking cocksucker, then you're going to be like, eh, I don't know if I want to confront this person about calling somebody that kind of know my cocksucker. Exactly. Or a cocksucker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a I like my cocksucker better. You that do? That sounds funny. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up, man. Yeah, yeah, you're my cocksucker. <laughs> but, but I'm going to fight somebody on spot if somebody says something about Ryan Evans, man. Like, that's how yeah. I feel about the dude. People have been disrespecting people, man. Damn. People have given him no love in this city, and it fucking blows my mind. Yeah. I'm not really going to fight anybody. So if anybody hears this and they're like, oh, I want to fight Kevin, let me go yeah, say it. I'm shit, not gonna... I was literally just about to say, all right, Kevin versus whoever, let's go. No, no, no. I'm not really a fighter, man. I'm just, I'm just talking shit, dude. Because I heard Sarah Benson say some shit about him. I don't oh, know if uh, yeah. I think I'd probably take her out early in the second round if it was organized. She would last around, though. Yeah. Yeah, she could probably throw a pause. You don't think? <laughs> I bet you she probably has hands. I'm sure she does. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's she's so she's funny, man. I like Sarah. Yeah, that's a, that's a funny example you did because of how like how opposite of, of fighter so she is. She's so innocent. Yeah, dude. She's just yeah. She's a lovable person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw in some random questions as well. Uh, right. Have you ever stolen anything before? Oh, for sure. What did you steal? What's the last thing you stole? The last thing I stole, accidentally or on purpose? On purpose. There was a. Um... Oh, this is easy for my work. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, my bad. I was like trying to like think about no, yeah, all the time. Yeah, you know, I'm a mechanic, so I'll, I'll use like oil or some ah. filters or um, you know, like I think the last specific thing my brother's girlfriend needed tires on her car, so I I changed like the sensors on the tires because they go bad. Like it's just like little things like that. Yeah, all yeah. Right, so you got a bunch of that shit. Oh yeah. Uh, do you pick your nose? Yeah. You do. How do you get rid of boogers? What's your thing? Are you a flick? Are you hide? Do you? I'm a tissue. You're a I'm tissue. a tissue. Oh, I'm a so tissue you're guy. Civil. You'll pick and then in the tish. What's what is your technique? First of all, all right. Because I want to know what I'm dealing with here. First thing in the morning. This is what I do when I wake up. Right. I leave my bed. Okay. 
two morning poops, but then I go right to the sink. Hot water, I need it hot. Get it in there, and I flush out. I shoot them into the sink, and then I just wash the whole thing, the whole thing. That's what I do. But then all day they're collecting, so I get back home and do it again at night. Is that true? Mm Mm-hmm. So here's my first thought. Mm. Um, What diet are you on where you need two morning poops? (laughs) Well, I hold them. I hold them all day because I like the morning poop the best. Right. No, no. I understand. So that suffices for a single morning poop. Mm -hmm. But when you say that you have two morning poops, my issue is that there's a suitable time period in between poops. Mm. And depending on what time you wake up in the morning, Mm. if you're pooping every morning twice within like the same hour, there might be something wrong that you have to get checked medically. Really? You think so? Because they're solid stools. Go see your, your healthcare provider, man. This I don't is rough. even know what that means. A healthcare pro- provider? I don't know. I don't have that. You don't have health insurance or anything? I have no idea. That's dope, dude. No, yeah. that's cool. Me neither, man. <laughs> uh, how do you feel like you've improved since September in uh, comedy? Oh, in comedy? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, kind of the way you look at the crowd, but is there mm. like technique specifically that you think you've improved on? Yeah, so I, instead of looking at the crowd in a way that I'm, I want to roast them, I figure out, a, I'm trying to figure out the nicest shit I can say to them mm. or the way that I can get the most relation with them. So, mm-hmm. for example, on the Parker show, I looked at the crowd. They're all like middle-aged, 45, 50-year-old people. They all looked like they had kids. They all live in the suburbs. So I opened with saying that I look like the guy who deals your teenagers marijuana. That's great. And I said, I don't know, you know, what's their names and are they aware of our rewards program? <laughs> so it's just like, how can I like get them to like me? Ah. Like, how can I like show them that I'm, that I'm cool? Yeah. Like, how can I do that? Right. It's not about, Oh, let me call this guy fucking who's drunk over here. Let's go to, you know, say something negative to him. I learned that from uh, Anthony Armstrong, man, is who I learned that from. Really? Yeah. Cause he, uh, I had a shitty show. Um, at Ogden that I fucked up and I ruined it for everybody. But then Anthony Armstrong came out um, as a feature and he, the show was almost like just not even worth continuing. Damn. And he turned the entire crowd around and everybody stopped watching the TVs. Everybody's chairs turned mm. and everybody was fucking, there was like no, no applause prior to that. Wow. And they were fucking dying. He was crushing a crowd that hated the people that were there. Is that because you were mean to them and then he was nice? Is that what it was? Yeah, Allison Rose had taken a couple of jabs at somebody and then I kind of jumped on that donkey as ah. well. And then and then Anthony went up there and he like what he had done is he watched TV with him. Ah. He's like, I'm not going to force this comedy shit onto you guys. You just let me know if you want me to tell jokes. And he sat on the edge of the pool table and he sat there and watched TV. <laughs> and then he would like, he wouldn't say shit and people knew like what was happening. And so... They thought that they were watching it with him. He'd like ask people about the game mm. and then he just slowly came in and would like tell jokes. Sure. So like he'd say shit for a joke for like a minute and a half or two minutes. Wow. And then at two thirty he came in and he said to the guy that Allison Rose was saying shit to, uh-huh. he said to him, He's like, I'm not gonna talk to you, man. You remember when white women couldn't talk to you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it was just like a fucking like complete turnaround. It was amazing, man. Damn, that's huge. Yeah, that'd yeah. be nice. Yeah, Anthony Armstrong is a fucking so full of wisdom, dude. So good. And when I when I make these big shows happen, Anthony Armstrong is absolutely on the short list of people that I'm gonna book. He's so talented. He's so fucking wise. Yeah. But if you go on his Instagram, have you seen Anthony Armstrong's Instagram before? I don't think so. His shit has nothing to do with comedy a lot of times. Mm. He has a lot of like spiritual and. Uh, metaphorical and philosophical shit on it mm-hmm. and that shit is enlightening and i think that that's why he's so good 
yeah. is because he's not fucking like laser focused on like the mechanics of open mic comedy. Right. He's on some other level shit, and then that opens a vessel for the comedy that he wants to be doing. Improvement. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like that's how I think it was for me. Is I opened either a door or like a knob, a vessel. There's this whole different streamline of thought that I have now. Mm-hmm. It's so much better and so much more precise to how I feel internally, and it feels mm. great to be able to say what you want to say on stage. Right. Because it takes long to be able to say the shit you want. That's huge. Because you're so fucking afraid. That's right. And then you get there, and then you, you, for me, it was like I kind of got to where I wasn't afraid, but I still wasn't saying the shit that I really wanted to say, like that I would say to my friends. Yeah. I still wasn't there, and then I fucking got there just from nothing to do with comedy, but strictly from opening a certain thing in my brain to understand the chemistry of comedy on stage. Are you reading books? No. No. It's just all sitting alone and thinking. I'm listening to my brain, dude. Mm. I'm listening to my brain. I'm listening to my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm being receptive to things and thoughts. I'm not pushing back. Yeah. I wanted to be known for comedy. I wanted people to, to think that I was a good comedian. I pushed away from that because that's all meaningless. Sure. To my act that's meaningless mm-hmm. and all that shit popularity is meaningless yeah i mean i i, I don't know 100 percent. i think if you are popular like that helps you out if you're trying to run something online like if you're popular and you have that presence mm. maybe it's more like for me i would love this to be popular i don't want to be popular but i would like for this to have some sort of effect on people when they see it online do you know mm. so popularity is meaningful in that sense mm. Yeah, it's just what you get from it. I wouldn't let it take over your life. Like, mm. I need to be popular. Yeah. I was telling you I only got four likes on something earlier. Uh, you did, dude. <laughs> dude, when I graduated from college, uh, I got I put my degree on Facebook and it got 32 likes, which at the time had been the most because I, I was a real asshole back mm-hmm. when I was, I was just a shitty person. Even in September, yeah. No, motherfucker. I was not a <laughs> shitty person in September. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was a shitty person in September, bro. I just let that one sink in. I was like, oh shit. He might be right. No, no. I was like, this is like the worst fucking guy. And so I got 32 likes. And then a girl posted a picture of her ass mm-hmm. on the counter. Like, and this is the prime of ass counter days. It kind of mm-hmm. dwindled off. Mm-hmm. But this is probably 14, 15 back when that. Like, that's what counters were for. People sure. were coming in. They were hiring contractors to rebuild counters so that the asses can fit on them. Interesting. That was back when asses on counters were a thing. Yeah. You're bringing it back a little bit, though. Now I kind of want to go look those uh, archives up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the contractors are pissed. Their stock went down. Damn. 142 likes on that picture that girl got directly below my college degree. Really? Yeah. Do they have like a self-improvement quote, though? Like, never stop believing? Uh, (laughs) No. Because maybe that was it. No, I think I said something really. I was really unaware of my own self, so I said, I think it uh, it's like, I was like, oh, I did it. Yeah. People are like, who fucking. Once you hold a degree over a sink and, like, you know what I mean? Do Pop the, it on the counter? Yeah. Do the thing yourself, but hold a degree. Like, look at me. I'm great. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. That's Maybe, so much. Man. That's a way better idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm not here to give you tags, but <laughs> at this stage in your journey, what, what does bombing mean to you? Because you talked a little bit before, like, if you didn't do well, you didn't care, but then you didn't mm-hmm. care if you did bad either. Right. So what is bombing now? Bombing is the natural balance. Hmm. That's what it is to me. Bombing is a natural balance where if you if you don't bomb, at least for me, if I don't bomb, then I don't do well. Mm-hmm. If I, I, I don't have any in between. Mm-hmm. I have to do more or the other. Really? And I just think that life doesn't give you a bunch of fire shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a necessary part of the balance. To bomb. 
Yeah, for me. Yeah. There's some people who don't bomb. Yeah, it's like a it's like a refresher. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's something the world would be better without? Religion, for sure. Religion. Mm-hmm. You're not religious. No. 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 Not at all, man. No, I think it's the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. Did you grow up religious? No. Hmm. Okay. I'm not religious either, but I think there's something out there. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. I, I think that as well. There's something. I don't know what it is. Well, I think that we're, it's just we're too, we're too spiritual as people for there not to be something that we are, we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And so it, I think it's insulting to whatever that is when people start writing fiction about what they think it is. Ah, and okay. I'm, I'm not hating on anybody who's a good person and shit, but religion is also inc- like super unnecessary. Yeah. Like the dude. Okay, so Rastafarians even like sure. if you want to talk about non-mainstream religions, Rastafarians, their Jesus, their second coming of Christ died in 1974. Bob Marley? No, motherfucker. <laughs> the God of Rastafarians, the second coming of Jesus. He was the emperor of Ethiopia. Ah. And because their thought is that Ethiopia is Zion, the promised land, mm-hmm. that the era of that in that emperor was their second, their literal second coming of Jesus. Mm. That guy's wife died of diabetes mm. in Ethiopia. Mm. And he was their Jesus. Damn. It's just woeful ignorance. Yeah. If you, you don't think he could have saved his wife? First of all, getting diabetes in Ethiopia, I'm not trying to make fun of their lack of food or whatever because it's devastating. Yeah, but I also, heard that immediately. I was like, that seems insane. Maybe like she's taking all the food. It's pretty difficult. It? I don't. Yeah. I don't know how it, how it got achieved. I'm sure that. I mean, his people were starving at the time too. So achieved. Like, <laughs> yeah. No. I don't know how. You, I don't know how you achieve. That's a challenge. Imagine that you're playing the Xbox game of life, and they say like one of the challenges is like get diabetes in Ethiopia. You I wouldn't do. be shocked when the little notification comes up, and it's like, oh, you did it. How did you do that? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Only like four players those. in the world could do that. <laughs> yeah. He was probably starving his people, man. It's just. It, I just don't think it's cool that. You know, people just presume shit about the world. And then they always use it for whatever reason. Like, the obvious arguments of, like, they're anti-gay and they're anti-this mm. and they're anti-that. Just because of, they don't, they miss, I went to seminary mm-hmm. for three years I, as a Christian minister, as a youth pastor. I really? studied the Bible in extreme detail. Yeah. It's always the people that study it the most that are like, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck everything in it. Because you're either, at the end of it, and once you know everything, you're either an atheist or an idiot. Mm. That's the only things you can be. So I think that every pastor that has made it to the stage of being a pastor is an idiot. Uh-huh. Like, you're just dumb. Right. Because you read this shit, yeah. and then you go, that's correct, and that's to God. Yeah. There's well, something I envy about the religious, though, and how happy they are day to day. But you could be that happy, too. I am that happy. But so, I know that they're happy because of the religion. Do you know? Yeah, but, but that's a fiction novel. Yeah, but they're it's a so fiction happy novel. and like they're so friendly to each other. I think that's where it serves us well. Why can't you just be yourself? Why can't why can't you be a positive spirit and something to be proud of when you're walking the world? Because there's no churches like that. There's no church that's like just come in and be happy. Let's all be happy. No, you, you, it, but life is an individual journey in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, I don't especially think it spiritually. Is for them, well, no, it's not. But they're all wrong. Yeah. So like spiritually, I think it's an individual process. I think that that's the reason why when you go to church, there's drama Uh is because people weren't meant to be spiritual together all the time. Mm. People only get their spirituality from a building with other people. I think it's distracting for what the true spirit of whatever it is that's Mm. trying to get through to you in your heart. Like, do you believe in karma at all? I don't know, man. Maybe, probably. I mean, I've, I've been a dickhead and a lot of bad shit's happened to me, so for probably, sure. yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I've seen a lot of consequences for my actions, for sure. All right. Whatever well, that is. Well, then there's something. I don't know yeah. what it is. We don't know. If you guys know, 
email the podcast you guys know what's out there some uh, some one of your christian listeners and be like that guy is a prick <laughs> that guy sucks man uh i asked you this a little bit before we talked about it but so we have it on the record do you have a lot of friends outside of comedy and if you do how does that help the inside i've been really fortunate to walk a lot of different paths in life mm-hmm. so i was in the army and i have a lot of my friends that are in the army uh, one of the guys I was up in Alaska was stationed up there. He moved here recently, and so that's my dog. I see him all the time. He's going through another divorce, as is the veteran way. Uh, so he's here. But I was also in MMA, and I was fighting mixed martial arts on a professional team. Mm. And so a lot of those guys have succeeded so much that they're all in the UFC now. Damn. And so I, get, I hang around those guys a lot, and I hang around my brother. I try to avoid hanging out with comics that I don't genuinely – I have interest in outside of comedy. Mm-hmm. Like if I just like them for their comedy and I think they're a good comedian, I don't hang out with them because it's just not the same thing. Mm. And I think that you don't, you're not getting real feedback from comics. I you think don't think? Getting, no, I, I have a comic living with me, Austin Langley. Yeah. He, he moved in here a couple months ago. He's a great guy, but we're not kicking it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not because I, I wouldn't want to, but because we get that we're on two different paths. He's like an open mic hangout guy. I'm getting my feedback from the realities of the audience. Mm. I'm bringing my material directly to who I think would be my audience member. Right. And I'm using their filter and running my shit through them because their realities are who I'm trying to appeal to and not the realities of people who are singing open mics. You don't want to become a comics comic. You just want to be a comedian. I want to be the funniest person I could possibly be in whatever yeah. outlet that is because I think that comedy and making people laugh is literal magic on earth mm. and i don't think that it, i think it's placed here for a real purpose because it doesn't make any sense it, it's yeah. it's a weird anomaly in the human brain right laughing yeah yeah but i, I, I think i want to be a magician i want to be like a shaman of laughs mm. i want to figure out how to make it make be the funniest fucking thing that's ever existed and i'm gonna die trying i'm never gonna be that Right. But I'm going to die trying to get that and trying to be the best version, the funniest version of myself. Do you think there is any benefit to hanging out with comedians, though? I don't know. Probably not. You don't think? There's, I, I have friends that I'm friends with that yeah. are also comedians, but I don't hang out with them because they're comedians. And I mean, I have some really personal relationships that even if they're, they're comedians, that's how we met, and then we go into our friendship more. Mm-hmm. It's not the center focus isn't comedy. Mm, the center yeah, yeah, focus right. is like other shit. Like you're learning about their, them and who they are and they're teaching you things about life. Mm-hmm. And then you can report that on the stage once you learn it. Mm. But not, we're not like, oh, what's up with the Irish Rover? That list is long. Like, who right. fucking, and I love Derek Walton, man, for real. But like, no one cares about the Irish Rover to talk about outside the Irish Rover. Ah. Like its purpose is there as an open mic. Right. And no one's going to, like when people, that's how, I know people are boring in comedy. There's a lot of really like unoriginal, boring ass people who call themselves comics in the city. Right. Austin Langley. No, come on, bro. (laughs) Come on, bro. (laughs) Nah, man. It's just, (laughs) but it's just because all they care about is like the the social aspect of comedy. Sure. You know, they don't give a fuck about being funny. I think there's some benefit though, man, just to play devil's advocate, I guess, even though we're not religious, but I got to imagine that hanging out around somebody who's studying the craft like you might help you with it if you're trying to get better at it. You, you know? might be right, man, for sure. I don't know. Maybe. You I don't have be. any comedian friends, so I wouldn't know, but I would just... Yeah, why not? Yeah, why, why aren't you friends with comics? Because I love my home life. I was telling you this before. I love going home. I like being at home. I like my girlfriend a lot. I like my brother and my family and my work friends. I love those people more than comedians right now. Okay, so how? here's a question. How much time do you have to dedicate a friend 
out of like a week? Just one friend mm-hmm. in a week. How much time do you commit to that friend? I want to see him twice, probably. Twice in a week? Yeah. If, if that's your standard, then that's difficult to achieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. There's some comics I like to see, you know, maybe once every couple of weeks if I'm not seeing him in mics. See, that's wild. Yeah. I'm like once, probably. Like, I would like to hang out once a week. It doesn't happen a lot, but. Right. I also love being alone. That's mm-hmm. my favorite thing in the world, Dope. being by myself. So I'm trying to blow through this interview, actually. Hell yeah, dude. That makes me feel good that you, <laughs> that you said that. I like saying shit to you like that. I don't know if you pick up on it, but. Yeah, a lot of people do. It's because like, I'm, I'm still in this weird territory where I'm really chill, and that's why I really want my heart. But people know, like, hey, if I take a stab at Kev this way, he's going to say something back because I have this natural thing that I'm just like, clap back. Yeah. Like, say some shit. I still have defenses from when I was a kid because a lot of people made fun of me, and so I got really good at roasting by the time I was in high school. Mm. And so I just have, like, this quick reaction. What they make fun of you for? Because I got made fun of, too, but I was never yeah. hurt by it. I, I was a lot more ugly back then. My uh, my nose looked bigger on my face. because looked bigger. I had, mm-hmm, bigger mm-hmm. than it does now, yeah. And mm-hmm. I had big ears. and Yeah, and I was just, like, a I was socially awkward because my parents were fucking, like, my, my mom and dad got divorced. And my mom was, like, wilding out and doing crazy shit. So I didn't adapt mm-hmm. to social interactions that much because nobody was, like, inviting me to their birthday parties or no shit like that. So... Mm-hmm. I was like just like my one friend down the street is you know he's like autistic or something. So I just hung around like the losers. Sure. And then by the time I got in high school, I got a little bit more not the loser group. And then I started just tearing up people's fucking soul. Do I've Damn. I've sucked the souls out of thousands of bodies before just verbally. Damn. Because I was like I have to fucking defend myself. And if you're angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. If I hit him with a life ender right now, they're not gonna say anything about my mom or nothing. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what I was thinking. So if I hit him hard, like I was just going for the knockout every time. Are you still that sensitive? Do you think? No. No. No, because of, because exactly what you said is I learned that I was sensitive and it wasn't cool to talk shit to people like that. That's right, because when people do it to you, you feel like trash. Yeah, dude, it's not cool, man. It's so not cool. So. Damn. I'm trying to be a lot nicer to people, man. I used really. to get made fun of for being short, yeah. and brown. Yeah. People made fun of you for being brown. Sure. Where are you from? Uh, Albuquerque, but I went to school in Littleton, Colorado. And there was uh, only one other brown there. Well, there's a lot to be made fun of, of Littleton, Colorado, if you really think about it. Sure, yeah. I a love co- the city, but I think you're right. They've had a couple of uh, upsetting outcomes and events around Littleton from white kids. Yeah, mostly whites. Two of them specifically with trench coaches and assault rifles. Yeah, I it's, know what you're talking about. Why didn't you just say, when they're like, hey, what's up, darky, or whatever they used to say to you, why didn't you say, Columbine? <laughs> and then just walk away. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know. Really? Yeah, I had no idea. Probably until. Oh, dude, that's right. Cause, that's great. Because you're a lot younger. I was young. I was sheltered. That's right, dude. When mm-hmm. that happened? Ninety nine. Yeah. How old were you in ninety nine? Four years old. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that is the difference then. Yeah, I was a little baby, but yeah, I used to get made fun of. I never got my feelings hurt though. Like I would never feel bad about myself. Really? Yeah, I like myself too much. Dude, yeah, even, now. I, <laughs> even now, dude, I was telling you, like, I'm, just, Yo. I'm the shit. I come walking into places like I'm better than everyone. I don't know what that is. Oh, but that's sick, dude. I love that, man. Yeah, I just feel very happy, man. I don't know. Well, I did read a lot of books that helped me with that. Yeah, what, you, what were you reading? Uh, some of the ones that helped me a lot. The Four Agreements. That was okay. one. How to Win Friends. Dale Carnegie. Uh, man, I don't know. There was like five or us, so I don't know. Have you uh, have you read Who Moved My Cheese? No. That's a cool one, man. Is that it, cool? It's only like yeah, I mean you can sit and read it in like thirty five to forty minutes, oh, wow. cover to cover. It's a fascinating story. Okay. And it helps with change and adaptation. 
Mm. Yeah, it's cool, man. Huge. Yeah, a lot of business people kind of took it over as like their thing because they bought they bought it in the corporate America. Who gives a fuck, dude? That's cool, man. Right. I really I really appreciate the fact that you're that way because I'm still trying really, really, really hard to let go of things from the past so I can be that person. Yeah, and I just love be myself, man. man. I, I think I'm more vulnerable now than I've ever been. I think so. And I'm I'm really trying to be mindful of these things, but it's just cool to to know that you have that and that you've festered out whatever it is that yeah. has really bothered you, you know? Yeah, I was I was all pressure for myself and now I'm like, Yeah, but I like myself, so that's dope. Yeah, it's cool. Fuck yeah. Uh, let me see. Do you tell people that you're a comedian when you meet them, like outside of comedy? No. You don't. Why is that? Because I think I think I get imposter syndrome. I don't think I'm really good enough. Uh. And it also like I don't want them to think of me as a comedian because I think that they can analyze me as being myself. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear what they have to say to me. Yeah. And not to me, me as a comedian. Because uh. if I say comedian and they talk about jokes and they talk about who they like as comedians. All the time. And it's just, it's not as meaningful to me as, like, tell me about something that's meaningful to you. Tell me something about yourself. Right, because they're not, like, Andrea the Dentist. Yeah. They're a person. Yeah. You don't want to be Kevin the Comedian. Yeah, I just want to know who they are. I feel the same way, because when I get introduced now, like, by my friends, they're like, hey, this is Dano, he's a comedian, and I hate that they say that second thing. Because there's an expectation of you, right? There is, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool, thanks for calling me, and I feel like I have to perform immediately, like, the, it's like an MC introducing me. Right. It's great to be here, thanks, guys. Yeah, people used to, people still do that, especially if it's, like, my family or somebody else who knows me, they'll mention that, and the thing I always say is, don't let that person get you wrong i suck at this ah, just it. to say i'm not good at this yeah. i don't want you to think i'm good don't put me i'm not jerry seinfeld mm. don't get me in that fucking mix i'm like at the bottom 10 percent of denver right now so don't sure. don't even acknowledge the fact that you just said that just to, so they don't expect me to be any kind of way and they always they'll go like i can never do what you do every time oh, i'm like don't put it's, me on a pedestal it's like you could though that's why that's what i'm say saying that. you literally could they let anybody sign up you could actually yeah. do it it's not even hard it's not hard. Yeah, it's a self journey. The hard part is is not the shit on stage. The hard part is working through the mental shit while yeah, you're doing it. That's right. It's not really the stage is not hard. I can never do what you do. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you could. You haven't tried. Yeah, that's all it is. Is trying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck people is what we're saying. Uh, how do your parents feel about comedy? My dad, uh, when I went to New Faces this year, um, it was my brother and my my girlfriend at the time, the one that. She, she looked okay. She was like a six if you had two glasses of wine. Hmm. So you weren't like, you weren't super fucked up. Out of but, 10? But you were feeling good. Yeah, oh yeah, out of 10. Okay. No, this is not the eight scale, man. She was not that great. <laughs> um, so she was going to be there, and then my brother, Tyler, was going to be there. Uh, so I went out in the audience, and I saw my dad there. And he's he lives in the Bay Area in California, so he flew yeah. in to surprise me. And Whoa. It was cool, man, because I hadn't seen him in a couple of years either, so it was cool. Damn. So he, uh, he like, supports the idea of doing it, uh-huh. but he doesn't think I'm funny. Uh-huh. And he made he makes remarks. Like, I sent him the tape of the show that he was in because I addressed the fact that he had shown up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, oh, I don't remember people laughing that hard. Hmm. So... He's trying to make you better, tough love. What is no, that? No, what do you no. think? He no, just he's actually really. He's like the nicest guy ever. Ah, uh. he but he doesn't think I'm funny, and so I don't think that he thinks I'll ever be good. Uh. and so that's how he feels. And then like my mom's crazy, so I don't know. Like she'll she'll try to act like it's all good. I guess I don't know. I don't really care about what she thinks, honestly. No, but do you care about what your dad thinks? Yeah, I hurt my feelings for like three weeks after he said that. Yeah, really. Yeah, fuck me up for sure. Yeah. Damn, that's yeah. wild, man. I, I I couldn't get behind. There was like a I went to a mic like a few days after that, 
And I remember I walked in, and I like put my name on the list, and I like went back and scratched my name off after like only five minutes. I'm like, dude, I, I, was, I like really thought I shouldn't do it Whoa. anymore. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, well, because he's like, my dad's funny too. Yeah. So my dad's funnier than I am. Uh huh. So what he like wears like a lot. He's like 65, but he wears like crazy suits and like makes a lot of jokes. And he like went after the the show that he came to. That he surprised me. Went across the street at the bar, and there's like four girls there with me. Nice. And then my brother was there, and then my friend Gabe was there. But he was making all of them laugh, and like that wasn't. I had no opportunity to be part of it. Not that I wanted to, mm-hmm. but it was almost like a flex on me. Like I'm way funnier than you are. Whoa. Low key, yeah. And he was. He he still is. He's definitely funnier than I am. Damn. For sure. Yeah. Shout out, Dad. Yeah. Uh, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started? comedy and comedy man just chill be patient man be patient be patient you weren't patient when you started no nah. no nah. nah, i wasn't patient last time you see me i don't right. even know if i'm patient now but i'm more patient than i used to be mm. and that that increase in patience has helped out a lot yeah so chill out man like all, out. all these people that you think are like okay this person's two years ahead of me so i have to catch up to them it all like levels out somewhere down the road mm. some people get there faster Mm-hmm. And some people are, are gassed up for whatever reason, but it's it's all it's all like a, a fake thing. It's all made up. It's all mm-hmm. nonsense. It's, yeah, people's perceptions of who are good are far too influenced by if other people think they're good or not. Right. And I learned that from booking people because people say, "Oh, that person's the funniest," and you always see them booked, and then they come to my show, and they fucking walk in looking like a bag of trash. Austin and, Langley. and then no. okay. I've never met him. I just like shit. And then they go, and then they go behind the mic, and they like do a half-assed effort. Mm. And so it's like, wow. So okay, what is it? I have to form my own opinions on people. Mm-hmm. I can't look at a poster and see another poster and say, oh, that's the funny people in town. Right. You, if you're a booker in this town, stop booking the same fucking people every show. Mm. If you say there's a showcase in town, and you give me twenty names. I bet you I can fill like half the lineup. Because the same fucking people are getting booked. Quit being a fucking sheep. Look at their shit. Mm. Give people opportunities. Because the people that surprised me the most are people who weren't getting opportunities. Yeah. And came out and crushed it because they, they take care more. They care way more. That's it. I'm just tired of seeing the same people all the time. And I'm not saying, I'm not getting a plea to book me because I don't care if you book me or not. Right. Don't book Kevin is what we're I saying. I don't give a fuck. Don't book me if you don't want to. I'm going to go get my own shit. Like, I'm not like worried about you hitting me up on Facebook. Like, if you're really offended by me saying you should be a booker, then don't book me. I don't give, I don't fucking mm. care. But you should be doing your research. Mm-hmm. You have to fucking book people who are good. That's it. Not like people who are popular. Like there's this big fucking suck contest in Denver, especially in like the, the downtown crowd. Sure. They all suck each other off, dude. And it's braided some shit comedy mm. because they're like, this person's great. And then they fucking go up and I see them and they're fucking garbage and they walk people out of the room. But then the same fucking people are walking right up to them afterwards and saying, that show was great. You killed it. You crushed it. It's like, dude, you're aligned to that person, man, and you're cultivating these trash comics. Mm-hmm. You can't do that, man. And so I'm, I'm not even trying to hang out in Denver like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not really trying to get booked in Denver like that. I have other shit I'm worried about that's bigger than that. Yeah. I then all this negativity to let me say. Sure. I love, like, forty or fifty of these guys. I fucking love and respect. Right. And girls, guys and girls, I fucking love them all. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in my, my radar that I like. But there's other people that I have no use for. So sure. it's just it's an honest balance. And yeah. I think that if a lot of people would just, okay, be honest. Who do you not like in this city? Mm. And if they were less fucking scared to say shit, I think it would be therapeutic for them. And then they would stop gassing up their shitty friend comics. And they would help them actually be better. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's got to be beneficial to you, though, selfishly. If they're all doing that to each other, they're keeping each other in the same level. No, because I like these people as people. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm saying selfishly it's beneficial to you because that means that well, you can see that and elevate past it. No? It, I don't, but I could be wrong, though. You could be. That's I don't know if I'm elevating. I don't know if I'm elevating past anybody. I could be literally shooting myself in the foot right now. And you I don't probably know. are. I could be. I could be. I really. I, I just don't. I don't feel comfortable in the space of, of trying to suck off people who suck, dude. I don't know. Mm. I just don't see. I don't see the benefit in that. No. Be but, genuine is what you're saying. Yeah, and and again, while I'm saying that they suck as comics, I'm also acknowledging that they could be perfectly fine people. Mm-hmm. I'm not shitting on their character. Mm. I'm shitting on what they're bringing to the stage. Mm. And I, I give myself the exact same criticism up until like a month ago. Mm-hmm. I think I've been the worst fucking comic in the city for like the last three years. Yeah. I don't think, I think, I think I'm worse than everybody. Yeah, every comedian I've asked, yeah, they say the same thing. I'm like the worst. The worst. In, in, <laughs> yeah, dude, that, you should, you should say at the end of this podcast, <laughs> who you think is the worst comic? And then somebody could just say my name because it's probably true as fuck. Yeah. Oh, dude, I get so many emails. I'm like, all right, I, I get it. Kevin's an asshole. That's fine. Uh, What's the biggest regret in your entire life? Being angry. Mm. Being angry and still being angry. I'm still regretting. I hear a little bit of anger. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Every it, time it every happens time. to me. Every time like a, a subject is touched, because I'm normally not even this way. Mm. If, if people don't bring up comedy, I, have, I just have a sensitivity to it. Mm-hmm. But every time I'm angry, I immediately feel it after the words have left my mouth. Yeah. So I feel it. And I know it's shitty. Yeah. And But like when I just can't stop it, man. You can't. I can't. Now, with when it comes to like saying my truths about things, I'm not like angry like I'm gonna hurt somebody, and mm. I don't want to like hurt somebody's feelings. But I'm gonna get fired up about some topics. I feel strongly about shit, man. Yeah, I can tell. I feel strongly. I'm, I'm passionate, man. So why would I hold myself back? I have zero fear about what anybody would think about it. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you were less angry that that would help you though at all in your life? I don't know. It's not really for me to decide because I'm really. I, I try to be kind and, and passionate and loving to a lot of people. I hug my friends now. I, I do that a lot. Like, I hug people. I tell them I love them, man. Like, I'll just call somebody once a week out and talk to them. Hey, man, I love you, man. I appreciate you. Mm. I try to be kind. And I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm not an angry person except in certain moments. Mm. And the comedy and the comedy scene is something that will bring this out of me mm. 100% of the time, and that's not controllable. Mm. that's specific like when somebody brings up the comedy scene I'm going to start firing off because I'm so frustrated about things in that department mm-hmm. but also if these people needed help then I would help them like like my, my Facebook shit like it was cool and I'm blessed to be part of the community that would respond to my willingness but I'm a mechanic and I put on the comedy group hey if you guys need help with your cars bring me your cars I saw that and like 15 or 20 people have responded to that over Amazing. the course of the time. And I'm blessed to be able to help people out. Were all those good so, comedians? No, some of them sucked. Okay. <laughs> but that's the point is I, I really like him as people. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm tired of the uh, the unauthenticness mm. of the process of open mics where mm-hmm. people are not being honest with each other. That's right. Okay. I've heard someone talk, uh, Jose McCall, I talked to him about this. He said that Denver used to have a reputation for being... A little bit meaner, but he says that he kind of misses that because now it's like we're getting less authentic feedback, almost exactly like what you're saying. Yeah, you get it now, right? So I'm, I'm less angry when you think about it like that. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm frustrated that we could be so much better. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. H- hearing two comedians say that specifically now, now I kind of understand. Maybe we are blowing each other too much and, I don't know, giving each other handies or whatever you're saying. But I think it should, so I think that it should be both of the things that need to happen. It's not just that we need to be worried that we're too nice to each other. We're not nice enough outside of comedy, mm. outside of the, the open mics, 
and we're too nice when it comes to the material. Mm. So we lie to people about how good they are. That's right. People lied to me how good about how good I am. Then I watched the tape. I know how bad I did. Right. So they I lied, lied about how good the first podcast was that we did. Exactly. See, and so you lie about that, but then people don't like look at, after each other outside of that. Mm-hmm. People don't like call each other. Hey, how you doing? We're having suicides in the community. You know, like what once every two years. Mm-hmm all in Denver comedy. So be nice to each other as a person, separate the two things, mm. be mean and critical of people's comedy because I think that that helps refine it. Mm-hmm. That's just my thought. Everybody has a different way. Sure. But in the personal life, increase the love, mm. call somebody, tell them they're doing well. Just tell them, Hey, how you doing? I really like you doing this. Even if it's like their clothes. Sure. I compliment one customer that comes to my store a day because uh-huh. I think I make it the shit a better world. If she like usually one has time big tits or, it's always a dude, oh. because I because I want people think people think like uh, I'm hitting on them or whatever. Uh-huh. Especially on a mode, this is a reputation that we don't respect women, uh-huh. and so it's always a guy just for that reason. Yeah, just because I don't want people to think I'm hitting on them, and usually dudes compliment women for that reason. That's right. So yeah, like some dude like yesterday, like dude, your fucking outfit's killing it, dude. Where you get your shoes at? And like his whole fucking face lights. So I was like, it's like you gotta do that. Ah. You gotta start bringing more like love from your heart and putting it out in the world. Yeah, but don't make it fake love. Because right. that's that's the shit that I'm frustrated at is people faking and lying about who's good and who's not. All right, that, that shit's all it. fake. There's you know less I mean? anger and more concern, is what it sounds like. Yeah, right I'm just now. working through shit, man. That's all. Mm. That's all. Uh, shit, man. So here's something that I hear a lot of comedians talk about. We mentioned it briefly on the first podcast that we did, but I think one of the best compliments one comic gives to another is, "I wish I would have thought of that." Oh, yeah. Is there any joke that you have heard that you're like, I fucking wish that was mine? Dude, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> there's so many good ones, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many good ones. Are you saying like ones that I think I could have told like it would fit my style? Um, there's two of them. Sammy Anzer's joke about knife dancing. Okay. I, don't, I, mean, I haven't heard this. His shit is the best, dude. I'm not okay. going to give away his bet, but sure, it's sure. fucking great. I love that shit. You wish that was yours. I don't wish it was mine because I couldn't do it because mm-hmm. it's not my style. Okay. But I, I love how good it is. It's so like clever that I was like, oh, I wish I was good enough to think about the, that. Nice. Like, and then uh, John Davis, who I have a ton of respect for, um, he has a joke about moving couches. He has like a joke about, like I'm not going to give away the bit again, but it's like moving couches as it relates to dating women, and that's a really good one. That I think that if I was as smart as John Davis that I would be able to come up with that, but I'm not. He has a he has an MBA. He's a businessman. Damn. And he's a fucking. Uh, he's have you seen him before? He has like sleeve tattoos. John Davis. And he's like. I don't think he's, so. Can't think of he it. He won uh, two summers ago. There was a Corona Dream Job competition for the uh, one hundred four five the fan, mm-hmm. where you essentially compete to be a um, like an on air guy for the awesome. radio. And John Davis won that out of twenty five hundred people, <laughs> and he beat out. There's like a final three that they bought him to the radio. And then he had to do like his hour and then this uh, sequential hours were all the same people and people were voting in and doing it. So not only did he win that, but now he's essentially gotten promoted within it and he's even bigger now. And he's been a Broncos. His dad was a Broncos season ticket holder his entire kid. So his like sports knowledge is unbelievable. But he's such a fucking freak talent. Um, So I wish I, I knew like the shit that he knew in his brain. I don't know because he's really smart, man. He's really good at writing comedy, too. Um, you know, speaking of writing comedy, what do you think, or what's your favorite joke that you've ever written? Okay, so, so I have one that is my favorite that everybody hates. <laughs> that I only do in open mics where there's people who 
I know aren't giving me honest feedback. Mm. And I do it because I know that the comics will laugh at it. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I'd say that I'm, um, I always close on it. I always say that I'm, I'm going to be in a movie this upcoming summer. It depends on when I tell it is like how I'll do the first part, but mm-hmm. it's in the summertime, like a lot of movies coming out this summer. Sure. I'm actually going to be in a sequel movie to, um, to the tomb Raider. If you remember that, um, except it's going to be me based off my dating life. It's called the womb Raider. <laughs> Dude, and people fucking hate that joke. <laughs> people, dude, like, I, I know that the room will go ice cold, so I can only tell it when I know that it's not going to be fucked up to make the room ice cold. Mm. But, like, I'd always bust up, like, one or two people in the back because they always know because I'll grab the stand and I'll say, a lot of movies coming out, and then they know, they like, it's coming, so they're waiting it for it. And they're they just – the funny part is the audience – going cold uh. that's the funny part because i'll be like getting some laughs and people will be enjoying it i got like hype and then i just know <laughs> i'm like you know what i'm not even gonna leave on a good note i'm gonna fuck this shit up real quick and tell the womb raider joke oh shit and so everybody like womb yeah. raiders like everybody a lot of people who have done comedy with me you know around know the womb raider joke you love that one it's my favorite one how long ago did you think of that oh five years ago five years and you still like it yeah amazing yeah uh do you have a favorite street joke that you've ever heard no I don't no, even, no, I don't know. I don't know. If, do you like? I love street jokes. Uh, okay. Uh, what did one ocean to say to the other ocean? Uh, nothing. They just waved. I like that one. Classic. How can we never see elephants hiding in trees? Why? They're really good at it. Uh, ah. <laughs> God, that's that's <laughs> tough, man. That's crazy to as somebody who has such a dedication to comedy that you would say that one. Mm-hmm. That's I love wild. that one. I fucking love it. It's classic misdirection. You're like. Fuck me, I'm an asshole. I don't know what I'm doing. I yeah. thought I knew comedy, and then he never guessed. Yeah, he broke line. out the elephant tree joke and just throws everything. It gets in the world everybody, world. man. No one, no one has ever guessed it. No one will. How long have you been with the girl that you're with now? Uh, about a year and a half. Does she listen to this? Yeah. Okay, that's cool, man. Year and a half for real? Mm-hmm. That's so. Where'd you guys meet? Like, we met at work at Snooze, actually. She's a uh, server. She used to be a host, and now like bartends once a week. But she's a paralegal. No. Oh, that's sick, dude. Yeah. She was super nice when I met her. I She's remember awesome, that. Man. Uh, what is your least favorite thing about her? Oh, great question, man. My least favorite thing. Uh, I like this on the record. <laughs> My least favorite thing. Sometimes she doesn't laugh when I know that I said something funny. Oh, is she? you think she's doing it intentionally? Yeah, I think she's holding it back a little bit. And this is to say, like, I mean, she laughs at 95% of the things I say. It's great that I'm with someone that thinks I'm funny, but sometimes I'm like, that was really You need good. the full 100? You're mad at 5%? Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, wild, bro. High maintenance. Like, uh, I said this one to her, uh, I'm out of gas car, but I mumbled it, so it sounded like Madagascar. I'm out of gas car. You're out of gas car. Exactly. I'm out of gas car. <laughs> Yo, dude, I got dude, nothing, Dude, yeah, you got the same face that she did. Fuck it. That joke it, sucks. What does it even mean? It's nothing. It's just the sound. It's words that sound like other words, which to me is funny. I'm out of Gascar. So you're trying to make it sound like Madagascar? Yes. Okay, and then she, you're mad because she thought you really said the word that you're making it try to sound kind of like. Mm-hmm. I'm on her side about this one, <laughs> homie. I'm sorry, dog. That, that, was, that was rough. Uh, man, if someone wrote a joke for you, would you care if other people knew about it? No. You no, wouldn't no. care? No, I wouldn't care. No. You would still just, hey, I'm saying it. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a couple of these jokes that like I'll even say, like, dude, my friend. 
like help me write this shit. Somebody asked me about it. So I'm mm. like, I like, the, I like, if somebody comes up to me afterwards and like, I really like that bit, I'm like, dude, my friend wrote this for me. It was great. And he knew me and we worked on it, but he was a majority responsible. It seems like you just want to give them credit. Where some people, like if someone wrote an entire joke for you though, mm. is what I mean. Oh yeah, for sure. No, so. Still. Uh-huh, 100%. Even like, um, so Ron White came to Comedy Works when mm-hmm. John Davis, the guy I was just talking about, I went to see him in, in his, um, uh, what was it, the free, New Faces. Sure. So when New Faces was around, John Davis competed the night that Ron White headlined New Faces. Nice. Ron White. Nice. So I went and saw him, and there's a guy in town named Rick Kearns, mm-hmm. and Rick Kearns writes for Ron White, mm-hmm. and Ron White on stage gave credit to Rick Kearns. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Oh, okay, I guess it's all... And the joke was, uh, anywhere is a DUI, or, uh, anywhere is a DUI checkpoint if you crash your car there. <laughs> <laughs> I could see Ron White saying that. That fits him. I right? like that a lot. Yeah, but it didn't take away from the joke. Like, the mm-hmm. laugh was there, mm-hmm. and then he gave Rick the credit. All right. Because Rick was a you know local guy, and maybe people knew who he was. Sure. That's, that's honesty, man. Like, Ron White's at the end of his... Like, not life, but, like, toward his career, he's, like, toward the back nine, at least. Like, yeah, the back half. Right. And so he goes, none of that shit even matters to try to act like you're a certain way that you're not. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to touch on to, in my own life is trying to, like, really shed the veil of shit that's unnecessary. Mm. And just be honest and open and loving mm-hmm. and honest and honest and just try to be real with people. Like, Vulnerable, real man. shit. I'm yeah. telling you, it's going to make you funnier. I think so, too, man. Let's I hope so. It. Yeah, because I suck right now, so hopefully. Fucking terrible. Uh, when's the last time you cried? Oh, when Kobe died. Me too. Yeah. I cried two days after because I watched Wally, but I think it was leftover Kobe emotions. <laughs> but 100%. I think when you devolve it into, like, what it is to your eyes as far as, like, the dunks and the and basketball and all this, and you're not really taking the unspoken inspiration and feeling that these things give you, that's how I like to really think about things now. Like, imagine that these forces existed without anything else. Mm. I take what I'm getting from it, and that's what I attribute. It's not him shooting a basketball. It's right. him fucking like hitting a fucking turnaround jumper when your girlfriend just broke up with you and you're a mm. Lakers fan. It's like that specific feeling. That's what Kobe is for everybody. Right. He's not. He's not a basketball player, man. He's a. He's an inspiration to people. Couldn't agree more. Has nothing to do with basketball. Right. Good yeah. basketball player, but I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, that that's just that's a vessel right. for him to give the feelings. Imagine if he was an actor and he was able to translate that as well. Yeah, people, him being an actor would still be irrelevant if he inspired people. Mm. So he's the inspiration. He's he's the basketball player is only the way that he delivered the inspiration. Ah, well said. You know? Yeah, hundred percent agree. That was awful. Um, you talked about it a little bit last time. I know a lot of comedians have this habit of when they have a funny thought, they write it down on their phone. I don't know if you happen to have your phone, but what are the last three things that you thought were worth writing down? I got you, bro. That's exactly what I do. Mm. Great question, man. Thanks. All right. <laughs> All right. So it was like it was like nine eleven, comma an inside job. <laughs> okay. Um. I was eating some crackers earlier. Sandwich crackers, and at the top of the package, it said, you'll love our peanut butter. They were right. I did love their peanut butter. I was just thinking about approaching women like that, like, hey, baby, you'll love the way that the light from my Xbox illuminates the room with, like a nightlight. <laughs> that joke ate shit. It's all right. Um, oh, yeah, autocorrect. Um, uh, yeah, autocorrect works great. 
but every time I put in my ex-wife's name uh, in there, it says it. It all cracks it to sulfur-smelling three-hoofed demon from the swampy depths of Louisiana. <laughs> Apple really has gotten great with their technology, haven't they? <laughs> that's the best one. Yeah, that's yeah. Three. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick three. How are spray tans okay? Can you imagine tan people getting white sprays? Uh, they do. I'm at a gas car. That's the one that I was like, I need to remember that. Jesus Christ. And uh, you can have that, by the way. That's yours. Um and then to me, there's Nike running, and then there's Nike running errands. It's the clothes you see people wear, like to the. <laughs> Actually, um, I like that one. That's a good one. Man. Yeah, I we'll like make it into something. Um, let's see. You know, I'm, I'm gonna say we're not experts by any means, but as observers of comedy, what are yeah. some of the most common mistakes you see beginners make? I'll say the same. The same thing that I think I did. When I was like at that stage, I, I was always looking down at the ground mm. because I was so nervous and I wasn't like really opening up physically. Mm. I think opening up physically does something for your presence that mm. helps a lot. And I think that you just need to suck down the nerves and like figure out a way to manage the nerves, whatever the technique that's best for the person and just open up physically mm. and look at people on their eyes and, and force a connection that maybe they don't even want at the time, but they'll learn to want. Eye contact? Yeah. Yeah, I'm bad at that still because I look right above the crowd, just above all their heads. I'm still looking forward, but mm -hmm. I'm never directing it towards someone. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, that's cool too. You I, know, I'm, you know, I'm sure that works. Everybody has their own shit, but I like really try to get in people's faces with it. Mm -hmm. uh, a lady had called me out on the show on uh, Tuesday because I wrote some shit on my hand because I was too writ to remember all the like 15 or 20 minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, And so she said something. I was like, Immediately, I looked at her in her eyes to make sure that she and I were connected. And I said, lady, I'm high as fuck. Of course, I wrote <laughs> shit on my hand. And I was just so she knows. Yeah. Like, so there's something about that. I'm actually paying attention to the emotions and the things that you guys are feeling. I'm with you along the ride. We're hanging mm. out right now. Like, mm. So sort of really like zero in on it. Damn. Yeah. And that's the night you ruined Ogden. Um, no, no, that wasn't. That was, in, that was in Jan or that was in December. This was two nights ago. Gosh, different nights. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you want your comedy to change over time? And if you've already kind of mentioned it, you don't have to repeat yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you have a specific thing in mind, yeah, easy. I want people to laugh more. Mm. Yeah, and I'm not really that funny right now. Mm -mm. So <laughs> you don't know basketball either. Yeah, it's interesting coming from a Lakers fan, which I get that that's like making fun of people whose families died in 9/11 right now. Like mm. you can't really fucking talk shit to Lakers fans or whatever because of Kobe. Mm -hmm. I get it, mm -hmm. but also. And go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, you put Kobe on your team. I know. I get it. I love Kobe. Yeah, me too. But I'm also not a Magic Johnson dick rider. I don't think he's he's better at ball handles than yeah, Stephen Curry. I mean, a you lot fucking of psycho. Were, and they all got the worst of that. Are you making an AIDS joke? Yeah, that was an AIDS joke. Oh, great. That was definitely AIDS. Yeah. I wouldn't ride Magic stick. Uh, I heard someone say that he wasted like the best porn name ever on a basketball player. Ah, uh, that's funny. That's I mean, it's like, yeah. It's it's there. Sure. If you want it, it's not acceptable to to do with too big of a crowd. Yeah. You're not gonna like come out on your fucking Netflix special and they're playing like the entrance music and you're waving to everybody and you walk in and they're like they use the best porn name on the guy who's playing <laughs> basketball. People be like, what the fuck is this? You know. Fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. What's the next step for you? Red strawberry ale because college just isn't the same without it. So I'm sorry, can you say that again, please? That's no, two ads in it. That's good. What's the next step for you? 
in life or comedy? Just what's the next thing? I'm going to find the hottest girlfriend I've ever had in my life, and I'm going to settle down with her within the next year. Mm. Uh, I'll probably marry her next year. Mm. So I'd say 2021, I'm going to be married to a smoke show. For sure. Yeah. I actually have somebody in mind right now. I'm trying to get to marry me. It's going pretty well so far. Nice. Yeah. She's super hot. It's unbelievable. Yeah, because I'm fucking ugly, dude. So I like almost... I, I, of course, I like hot chicks in the yeah. brain, right? But I also like to see the looks people give me when they're like, uh-huh. Yeah. And then when, when they come up and they try to hit on girls I'm with that are hot because they think I'm ugly and I'm going to lose sure. it. And then I'm just a better person overall than uh, they are. And they realize that they lost. Damn. Yeah, those moments are the best for me because I'm way funnier than these people you are. You want to marry out of spite almost. <laughs> Dude, no, no, no. I, I want to marry a girl because I feel like as much as people fucking hate saying it, mm. Is it? It's okay to marry somebody that you think is extremely attractive, mm-hmm. physically, and to fucking throw that out the window. And I also, it, I don't want to walk into a room, and like there's some chick that I don't even think is attractive under my arm, so I'm faking something, mm. and I'm sitting there. I mean, imagine you sit down right now, and there's like a 300 pound piece of trash next to me. Mm-hmm. We're well, gonna be. Like, what is wrong with this guy? Mm. There's something going wrong with him. Yeah, but good for <clears> her. I guess, man. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you want to be metaphorically the three hundred pound piece of trash next to the super hot person. Is that it? Yes. Ah, I would rather be the three hundred pound piece of trash that people look at mm-hmm. and say that's crazy. Crazy. I don't want to be on the other end of it. Yeah, I don't. There's a reason this is audio only. Um, what do people know you best for? <laughs> I just got what you were saying. <laughs> I just got what you were saying. Um. I think that people right now in this stage of my life know me from, for being high the entire time I'm out in public. <laughs> I'm religiously high all the time. Mm. And it's great. It doesn't stop me from do, like performing my job. I'm getting promoted. Mm. I'm going to be the manager of a place. And Damn. my entire career there, I've been high as fuck every day. I think it makes me a better person. All right. People know you for being high. Too high. Yeah. According to some people, I bet. But yeah, yeah whatever. Fuck them. Yeah. 300 pound pieces of trash uh, <laughs> dude but yo okay so please don't make that the episode no, title no, no, no. <laughs> i already got it in mind it's something you said earlier all right cool cool, cool, cool. um i guess the last one do you have any automotive tips for people at all out there if you're um so there's a a tire gauge sensor a lot of the newer vehicles like probably 2005 up mm. they all have a, what they call a tpms sensor it tells you when your tire pressure is low during cool days, that's going to come on all the time. It's just a fact of the matter if your tires are in range. Mm. Don't go in an automotive store to try to fix it. Just fill your tires probably two or three pounds each, and you're good to go. Damn. Yeah. A lot of the times, people will come to us, and they'll like have a, a real issue because they're not aware of how simple that light is yeah. and how often it happens. If they think that there's something wrong, they're really stressed out. Right. And that fill their tires with like two pounds each. And then they fucking have like this big, whew, all right, everything's fine, so... How dangerous is it to drive with tire pressures not matched? Hardly, hardly dangerous. Yeah, it'll just not... yeah, it'll fuck up your wear pattern and like your alignment. Mm. Yeah, that'll be it. Not well, dangerous though. Nah, not really. Yeah, you're cool. You could have one one tire at forty and that one at thirty two, and they're just gonna wear down differently. You're fine. We began and ended talking about tires. You were talking about women being in rotation. <laughs> and tires. Very full circle, much uh, like a tire. Hell yeah, dude. Um, so we could end by doing the rapid fire segment again. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's I'll do it. I'll just throw uh, a bunch of questions at you, answer to the best of your ability. All right. Uh, what's your favorite color? Green. Uh, who's your best friend? Jordan. What's the difference between love and in love? 
uh, in love, I think it's like the infatuation period, and in love is like the everlasting one. What do you recommend? Just generally speaking. Very broad question. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, there's a strain over at Good Chemistry, and it's called Dorothy. And the Dorothy strain will fucking get you lifted, son. Lifted. Um, have you ever thought of an invention? Yeah. What is it? It's a spacing thing for an automotive part. Mm. It's like if there was this additional bracket on one of these specific kinds of wrenches, it would make a lot of specific jobs a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Is that in the works at all? No. Which animal would you like to be reincarnated as? Giraffe. So you could be high. How <laughs> Let's see. Do you collect anything? <laughs> uh, no. No. What's your pin number? To what? Oh, I don't know. Debit card? 6459. Who's your first kiss? Well, I don't remember, man. Oh, probably. I've, I've been with nothing but trash for the vast majority of my life. Like, real fucking, it like hurts to look at them kind of thing. Shout out to the end. Yeah, hell yeah, exactly. If you were in a competitive foodie contest, what food would give you the best advantage? Ooh, pizza rolls for sure. Mm, yeah, you just, gotta just, eat these, man. Yeah. Uh, has there ever been a movie sequel that was better than the original? Not that I know of. Okay. No. You thought so? Yeah, that's the best one. It's the best of the four. The second one. Okay. Who has it harder, men or women? No, for sure. Are you addicted to anything? No, don't even look at me like that, because I see you smiling, man. I'm not addicted to shit, man. Ah. Yeah, don't give me those looks, man. I'm not addicted <laughs> to shit. God damn. Uh, what's something you're proud of? Fucking officer over here. Um, I'm proud of me being honest and open with myself. Mm. Uh, do you use the same password for everything? <laughs> now I do. So, like, I'll have some overlap where I use, like, an old password, a bunch of other things. But when I have to reset those, I'll make it the new one that I've been using. So, I use, like, two different ones right now. Um, the old one was uh, Go Army, and it was, it was Go Army 91M, mm. which is the password that they set me up for to get in my army, like, secured account. Because it was just like the, what the recruiter gave you, and I just never changed it. Mm. And then there's like an exclamation mark on the end of it in the army. I do that for all the rest of them. Sure. So all that stuff. Uh, that might still work on my Facebook too, and my, my email for that is just my first and last name at Gmail. So, mm. um, but yeah, it, it was just like the one that they would assign you. So I just kept that. Damn. I yeah. used to use i69 ponies for all my. Uh, last but not least, fill in the blank. My name is Kevin Moan, and I am. Trying to be a better person, man. Just We're like everyone else. People That's it. That's it. You're doing a good job. Thanks for the pizza rolls, man. I really appreciate Hell it. Thanks yeah, for dude. coming on again. Thanks for having me, dog. Hell yeah. And there you have it. That was Kevin Moan, everybody. Kevin, thanks again for sitting down with me. Um, you know, this, this interview was recorded... Um, damn like i guess i want to say the very end of february and you know this is pre everything that we're going through now this uh, today if you're listening to it the day that it comes out uh march 15th things are kind of crazy and uh you know we're living in times of uncertainty but uh it always helps to you know just sit down with people that you like and talk to them about things that you actually really care about and 
again, Kevin is just such a determined person, and uh, it's just it's awesome to meet people like that, you know, to who are so fucking tunnel visioned and focused on what they got going on. Kevin is one of those dudes. Uh, he sees a bigger picture than I think most people see, and and he doesn't really know shit about basketball. I just kind of want to say that he he will act like he knows basketball and. Unfortunately, my guy just doesn't really know what he's talking about. Um, and and again, Austin Langley, man, if you're listening to this, if you listen to it all the way through, first of all, man, fucking email me. I would love to have you on the podcast. However, we need to do it now via over the phone or fucking Skype. I don't know. I don't know how podcast interviews are going to work in the future in the next couple of weeks. But, um, man, I met you after we recorded this, and you were cool as fuck. So huge shout out to you as well. And, Another thanks to Kevin. Um, you know, I don't I don't have too much else to add on to this one. I got a couple more interviews coming out, and I'm gonna go edit those in the meantime and make sure that they sound nice. And and uh, and then I'm doing this separate thing now, where I think I'm gonna try to upload once a week, maybe more. Uh, uh, of just uh, you know what life is kind of like during this crazy time. And if you'd like to follow that, all of those episodes are also available here. Um, you'll know that they are those types of episodes because of their weird names, maybe super positive names. I don't know exactly, but uh, I'm going to sit down and record kind of what I'm going through during all of this. And and uh, I'm really only trying to sit down and do these to help people through times of anxiety and fear and things like that. And, you know, because I know that I'm experiencing these things that I can kind of speak firsthand on them and Again, if you're interested in that, that's awesome. Go listen to those. If you're not, don't worry about it. It's okay. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe you just like the more interview-style ones where we talk about comedy and talk shop and break it up like that. Maybe you're more interested in those, and that's okay. Again, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can email it. You can follow it on Instagram. All the information is in the description. Thank you so much for listening. Be safe out there and be kind to one another. Uh, Yeah, we'll see you next time. Uh, what's your favorite color? Green. Or favorite color person? Mm. I go for a caramel. A caramel. Are you saying that because I'm here? No. Have you ever seen women? I've, I've seen women. Have yeah, I've seen, seen women? women. Okay, yeah. so when you discern the difference between how they look, mm. doesn't some of the best women in your mind come up as caramel skin? Yeah, I gotta be honest, no. Really? Who you got? I love a pale white. <clears throat> love pale, like an Emma Stone. Okay, so imagine that Emma Stone walks in the room right now, right? Oh. And then right behind her comes Eva Mendez, mm-hmm. and then right behind her comes J-Lo, mm. and right behind her comes Shakira. Mm-hmm. You go, let me take the feminist over there with short hair and no titties. Absolutely. Okay, man, well, good for you, brother. You're non-discriminatory, and that's like, uh, I like that. I'm glad. I think that's why you're probably here right now is because you don't discriminate. <laughs>